All right. Love that song. It's an it's a oldie but a goodie, and it fits well with what we're going to talk about uh, together this morning. Um, I got to go down to my stomping ground, both my physical stomping ground and my spiritual stomping ground this past week. I'm from the mountains of Kentucky, and I uh, got to see my dad down in Harlan County, uh, and also got to go to Camp Nathaniel. And I've been talking about that place lately in this series because that's where I got saved. And I was able to write down the date. And there's a lot of things I don't remember exactly, but there's a lot of vivid things that happened that night. And the one thing I remember was like, this is a big deal. Like what just happened, I know is big. I feel like everything's changing right now because of what happened in this place. So I wrote down the, the date, June 17, 1988. And that's the date that I got saved. But based on everything we've learned so far in this series, uh, I can say it these ways. On June 17, 1988, I got acquitted. Because if you're saved, then you're acquitted. We learned that a couple of weeks ago, where that means God declares you not guilty, even though we are guilty, we know we're guilty. He declares us not guilty. He forgives us. He shows us His mercy and grace. We learned last week that I could say that on June 17, 1988, I was adopted. In other words, God brought me into His forever family, forever and ever with him. I have a heavenly father who loves me uh, to be brought into his family. That, that's what it means to be saved is we're adopted by him. So that's what we've learned so far. Today, we're going to learn this. If you are saved, then you are purchased. If you are saved, you are purchased. So I'm going to admit to you that that one doesn't sound as inspiring as the first two. You know what I mean? Like it's acquitted. Wow, I got declared not guilty. That's kind of powerful. I've been adopted. That's kind of beautiful. You know, I've been purchased. Sounds kind of cold and transactional, doesn't it? It's just like, yeah, nothing personal here. Not a big deal. Just paid for it. It's mine now. But I want you to see and understand today that it actually is very personal. It actually is very powerful and it is very beautiful. We find the uh, introduction, if you will, of this word picture of what it means to be saved. We find it in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. I'm just going to read one verse to you. And this is quoted by none other than Jesus himself. Here's what he says. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So a ransom, it's a payment. Sadly, when I hear the word ransom, I have to admit, maybe it's because Sherry and I watch too many crime shows, but I think of a kidnapping. And when I see the word ransom, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that money you got to pay to get your loved one back that was kidnapped by a perpetrator. Uh, but that's not too far off from what the Bible is describing here, what God is describing to us. However, in the first century, when people would have heard Jesus say these words, they would have thought of a payment made to liberate someone, to liberate a prisoner, or even to liberate a slave. A ransom was a payment made to purchase someone's freedom from either imprisonment or slavery. It was a powerful, powerful word. And for Jesus to say, that's why I came. That's why I'm here. I'm here to pay that ransom, to pay that ransom for many. Now, I want to follow this uh, kind of logically, if you will, if I've been purchased, that means that I have a previous owner. So you no longer belong to your previous owner once you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And that begs the question, then, then who is my previous owner? 
Uh, I don't know if you would ask that, but I know I definitely like, well, what does that mean then? If we're going to take this word picture that I was purchased by God, that I was bought by him, then who did he buy me from? Now, if you're like me, my mind goes to, okay, it's got to be the opposite, right? Like if, if God bought me, then I must have been previously owned by the opposite of God, which that would mean the devil. And that's kind of creepy. Turns out, though, the Bible really doesn't say that. We have to be really careful. Like it makes sense maybe in our mind that that's what it is, but there's really no biblical support for the idea that before we place our faith in Jesus, that we're actually owned by and possessed by the enemy, the devil, Satan, whoever, whatever name you want to give there. That's kind of good news, actually, right? You know? It, it, but, but then who is our previous owner? Well, there's a passage that explains it. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 18, says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. That's like the third time we've heard that during this series. Like before the world began, God had this in mind, which blows my mind. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. So, you may not have caught it, but your previous owner was Empty Life. Now, there's not a real being named Empty Life. I'm personifying here, but there's a lot of scripture to support. If you want to look back at where you are before faith in Christ, it uses terminology like, well, I was aimless, I was lost, uh, I was in sin, I was walking in darkness. It uses terminology like this. But this verse gets really specific. Like, I saved you, I ransomed you, I bought you from empty life. When you look at the Greek words there that we translate empty life here in the New Living Translation, you could even use words like purposeless life or profitless life. Empty is a really good word for it too. And I agree with it. I think it's such a good translation because when I think back at my previous ownership, that describes it well. I was having a conversation while I was down at Camp Nathaniel, my spiritual stomping ground this week, and there's a friend of mine that I got to reconnect with who's actually on staff there now as a missionary there. And uh, she was telling me, like, hey, Bill, I remember going to camp with you, and I was surprised to find out that you got saved because I thought you were already saved. And the reason she thought I was already saved is because I was a good little boy. I'm just going to say it. Not trying to brag, but I really was. And I'm not bragging because, to be honest with you, the way God wired me, I was scared to get in trouble. And uh, I had the people around me that would definitely give me the consequences if I did the wrong thing. So I, I was. I was well-behaved. I was a good student. And we had this really cool conversation where it really occurred to me and to us, and I'll say this to you, that that's probably one of the most dangerous places to be. To be in a, like I'm a good person. And to hear other people talk about how good you are. Man, you're really good. You're good. You're, man, I, you seem to have it all together. The reason I know that this salvation is so desperately needed is because I was a good boy. But the night that I prayed as best I knew how to ask God to save me, 
I, I kid you not, I know, I know sometimes preachers like to exaggerate stories and say stuff because it sounds dramatic. I remember this so vividly. There's a, I don't remember what I prayed to Jesus that night. But I remember walking back to my cabin thinking these exact words. Now I have purpose. And what's so weird is I can't say that before that day that I actually thought I don't have purpose. I can't say that I thought that. I wasn't going around seeking purpose. But there was something about what happened that night that was so fulfilling, that was so eye-opening and so transforming that I knew that this is different. And now I know I have a reason. And now I know I have something happening in my life that makes sense. I was no longer owned by empty life. I brought in a bag, a Ziploc bag, that uh, we use in our NTI remote learning ministry. It's a disinfected bag of, you might know what this is, kiddos? Legos, that's right. All right, kiddos, Legos. You realize that when we started the NTI ministry, I had not seen or touched a Lego in many, many years. But during one of the break times, early on in the NTI ministry, uh, they could come get their bag and they can play with that. And so I was going and hanging out with some kids who were playing with Legos. And man, I'm, I was blown away. We're talking first graders that are like architects. They could build stuff with this. I want to tell you, I remember when I had Legos when I was younger. And I kid you not, here's what I did with them. I would take them out of the bag or box that I had them in. And I would line them up. I would make this really, really long line of Legos. I wouldn't attach them to each other. I would just line them up. And then I would get my Hot Wheels cars and I would drive them on the Legos, creating a rocky path. To me, that was the most fun thing to do with Legos. It was probably because I had no clue how to build anything with these Legos. My mind just doesn't work that way. In many ways, I feel like that's who we are. The way I treated Legos, that was my life before Christ. And there's stuff happening. And honestly, it was pretty good stuff overall. But I wasn't experiencing the full potential of all that I was created to be. And as long as I would have stayed under that previous ownership, it would be like me owning these Legos. These Legos are like, get me away from Bill. He doesn't know what to do with me. <laughs> give, me give me to a new owner who knows how to build me, who knows how to maximize me. That's what it's like. I don't care how good you feel like your life is. If you've not put your faith in Jesus Christ, there's always going to be something missing deep down in your heart, deep down in your soul. That's empty life. But your new owner is your creator, your father, your savior. It's one person, God himself. To be owned by the one who actually manufactured you. Imagine the inventor of logos watching me play with them, he'd be like, oh, please, let me take that from you. <laughs> and when I get, and then when the manufacturer of, log, of the Legos has this in his hand or her hand, oh, what can be built? Oh, what can be constructed? I believe under your new ownership by God, you will be a force to be reckoned with in his kingdom. That's what he wants to create and build. And to be owned by the one who made you, your creator, by the one who loves you better than you could ever love yourself, your heavenly father, and your savior, the one who bought you, who values you so much that such a steep price 
was paid. I want to park there for a moment and speak specifically to my students and young adults. Uh, Paul, in his writings, often talks about, don't forget you were bought. You were bought with a price. You are not your own, he says. To be honest with you, that sounds a little bit invasive when I first hear Paul talk like that. But there's a reason he's talking like that. And I want, to get, I want to read to you a passage that I think really, really speaks to our students, our young adults, because here's the thing. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, it's easy to forget whose you are. And if you forget whose you are, you will settle for devaluing yourself, which results in actions that can literally harm your body. Listen to what Paul says as an example. 1 Corinthians 6.18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You know what's ironic? is we think freedom means we can do whatever we want. With our bodies, with our actions, with our choices, we can do whatever we want. And that's why this word picture of being saved means being purchased. If we're not careful, the enemy is going to whisper in the ear and say, yeah, do you really want that? That's not very free. Is that real freedom to be possessed by God, to be owned by God? Is that real freedom? But ironically, when we don't do what Paul commands us to do in 1 Corinthians 6, we devalue our bodies and we're literally selling ourselves back to our previous owner. That's what we do when we make those choices. That's why the Father is saying, please don't do that. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Remember whose you are. I've got you. And if you will do things my way, if you follow my blueprint for your life, then you will experience all the grand purpose that I have for you. That's what he's saying to us. That's why I want to offer you this next step today. To walk away from empty life and live freely with your father. Again, freely? Oh yeah, freely with your father. Now, I think one of the most legendary movies ever created, I want to see who agrees with me, is the original Toy Story movie. The original. Remember that? Man, when that came out, that was incredible animation. Computer-generated graphics that were mind-blowing. Man, this wasn't Bugs Bunny anymore, man. This wasn't Tom and Jerry. This was high definition, and the plot was so, so good. You all might remember that Andy owned Woody and actually also got another toy named Buzz Lightyear. Andy Davis, did y'all know his last name was Davis? I looked that up before preaching this. I'm like, I didn't even know he had a last name, but he has a last name. Andy Davis owned those toys, but if you watched, I don't want to totally spoil it if you've never watched Toy Story, but let's just say at some point in the movie, probably the scariest part of the movie is when Woody and Buzz find themselves in the possession of a different owner named Sid Phillips. Sid was a, a dude that did not take good care of his toys. And when his toys came to life, they were creepy. He had this body part from this toy connected to that other body part of this toy. And so Buzz and Woody had to escape Sid and get back to their owner. And that was the biggest part of the conflict in the plot. And it reminds me of this, what we're talking about today. 
We're talking about no longer being owned by an owner, empty life. That's not going to be fulfilling. We're not safe under that ownership. But under the ownership of the one who made us and who loves us best, we can experience great freedom. (laughs) It was such a relief for Woody and Buzz to be back with Andy again. Today, I want to tell you this. If you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him to save you, you have no idea how freeing, how purpose-filled, how joy-filled it is to finally be owned by the one who made you and who loves you best. And I ask you to take that step today. And you know, one of the other reasons we started this series is to not only offer salvation to all who have not experienced it yet, but another reason is I believe joy leaks, don't you? Like over time, joy leaks away from us. And we have to get it back in. And today I want you to be reminded, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to be reminded today of this. When you did that, God's got you. He's your owner. And he's the best owner you could ever have. And he has a grand architectural design for your life. So remember whose you are and rest in that. He's got you. You're his. He's got you. May that place joy in your heart today and make you feel the freedom that he wants you to have to know he's going to design, shape, mold, and do everything to help you to become everything he wants you to be. Isn't that awesome news? So today I offer you to take this next step, to walk away from empty life, And for some of you, you need to do that for the very first time, to ask him to save you, to finally ask him to save you. And if you've already done that, maybe you're like, why have I put myself back on the shelf of empty life? I need to get back in the possession of my owner. Maybe you need to have a comeback moment with Jesus today. I invite you to do that right now as I pray. Will you bow with me? Father, Lord, you're amazing. I just can't believe that you love us so much that you bought us with the steep price of the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, in this moment, for all who are watching and listening, for all who are in this place, if you're here and you're not saved, ask him to save you right now. There's no magic words. Just call upon his name right now. Say, Jesus, save me. I want to be yours. I'm done with empty life. I want to live in the eternal life you paid for me to have. I want you to know that if you've prayed a prayer like that, that the Bible is very clear. You are His. You are adopted. You are acquitted. And that's a forever thing. What an amazing free gift He has given you. And I hope and pray you will walk out of this place with joy and peace and purpose. And if you're here, or if you're watching and listening right now, and you have lost joy, it's leaked out of your life. With all that's been going on, it's done that for many of us. Remember this today, God's got you. Oh Lord, thank you for having us. Thank you that we are yours by faith in your son, Jesus Christ. I don't want to be in anybody else's hands but yours, God, and I trust you with my life. We know you've got us today. Thank you for reminding us of that now. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
folks, if you've taken a next step with Christ today, we want to know about that. All you got to do is take out that mobile device and text the word SAVED to 859-356-3162. That's our church number. Helps us to know that you made some kind of decision. And we'll have just a quick conversation with you about that. We want to pray for you. We want to celebrate that. We want to encourage you to continue to take next steps with Christ. Maybe you've not been baptized. You got to see Nikki proclaim her faith through baptism today. If you've not done that yet, what a beautiful experience to get to be a part of. And we would love to talk to you about that. If that's something you want, text the word SAVED to that number. We'll get in contact with you about that as well. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you for being with us in worship today, whether you're online or here in person. We are so thankful that you took time to worship together today. God bless you all.